This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. Uh, joined here today by Nick Perkins, and we're going to talk about the deep passing game. I know a lot of folks have interest in this. The Ravens obviously rebuilt wide receiver core. Nick, how's life treating you? Uh, it's going great, Ken. I really appreciate the opportunity here. Uh, no, this is we we love having new people on, and and I'm always impressed by the by the stuff you uh, have to say on Twitter, and that's how I think we connected here. Uh, why don't you introduce the thoughts? Because I, obviously you're the one who has concerns about the deep passing game, and let's tell us, you know, from top to bottom, what your concerns are. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about the 2021 Ravens, uh, there's not a lot to be 
super upset about. I mean, the team looks pretty, you know, well-developed. Uh, they have a really good running game, a great offense, the defenses, uh, pass rush could be a question, but the deep passing game, I feel like in the past two years, it's a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde, in my opinion. I mean, it, 2019, um, you know, Lamar Jackson really flew out there and, and had a lot of uh, success passing the ball deep. And I think we saw a little bit of regress there in 2020. And I think it's been a consistent theme of the offseason that the Ravens want to attack all levels of the field. Yep. They want to make you defend every inch of it in the deep passing game and being successful, not necessarily just going deep more, but be doing it more efficiently is I think what they wanted to do throughout this entire offseason. I mean, you saw they attacked a first round wide receiver and Rashad Bateman, not necessarily a huge deep threat, but a wide receiver. Nonetheless, uh, they went out and tried to get Juju Smith-Schuster, not exactly a huge deep threat, but another wide receiver in the intermediate to the deeper routes uh, and settled for, you know, Sammy Watkins or some would say settled for Sammy Watkins, who's uh, you may consider him on the back end of his career, but has had some success, some success in the past, um, you know, running some deeper routes and obviously coming from Kansas city with, uh, you know, that uh, track offense that they have over there. So you, we're we're going to talk about the deep deep passing game first of all. Ravens run a lot of four vertical concepts, where Lamar is really the outlet receiver. So Lamar's run is really the outlet. And now, if you think about it in, in the in the time of Joe Flacco, they always had Ray Rice to dump down to, and Joe Flacco did it with great regularity. Well, Lamar Jackson doesn't need that. He takes off himself with the football, so they can get an intermediate receiver and four deeps, and they they still follow rules of of going to the sideline. But I'm wondering where is in terms of the Ravens attacking every part of the field, where specifically is the most bothersome to you? Is it outside the numbers? Is it deep just generally speaking? What, how would you ascribe that problem? I think it's outside the numbers. I mean, obviously, but I think one of the main problems with the Ravens office is predictability. And you're talking about when they want to throw the ball deep, there's really one receiver that they're going to go to. And that's Hollywood Brown. I mean, we're talking about in 2020, I think they had uh, maybe 50-some deep attempts and 30 of them went to Hollywood and 15 went to uh, Mark Andrews and there was no other receiver that had another 10. So I think that's what they've done in the offseason, try and find that threat on the other side to force you to defend every inch rather than going one-on-one on the left side. Yeah, this has really been an interesting point for camp is that we've seen Mark, Mark Andrews continuously being the target with Hollywood out. And Lamar, you know, taking his reps is just uh, Lamar to Andrews, Lamar to Andrews, Lamar to Andrews. And Andrews is doing a good job getting open. They're, they're, they're obviously really connected. But that's one of, the, one of the things I have as a concern is, is does Lamar, can he build two or three more of these? Can he build one with Rashad Bateman, um, who, who really, you know, has been out, but he needs to gain trust in Rashad Bateman to, to throw to him regularly? Well, that's where you come about the concerns. I mean, you're talking about you have these new pieces that they brought in specifically for intermediate deep routes, another outlet, another help. uh, And they just haven't been on the field. So if we're talking about getting on and getting on the same page with Lamar Jackson, I mean, he missed the first 10 days of camp. And I think there was an overlap for maybe two days with Rashad Bateman. And then he goes down with the groin and he'll he'll probably be out at least the first three weeks. Um, We'll see where he lands after that. But the chemistry is going to take some time, I feel like. 
Right. The the guy, I, I agree with that. And I'm even more bearish about when Bateman may return. I think it could be November 1st because it's a groin injury. They're going to be want to be very careful with not letting that recur and have him on the back end, particularly if the Ravens are playing well enough without him. I think they'll, they'll wait and wait and wait. The guy I've been a little frustrated that I do not believe really has built any chemistry with Jackson. Part of this is when their reps come is Tylen Wallace because if there's any receiver you know exactly where he is, it's Tylen Wallace. He's always somewhere on that right sideline. He seems like a natural guy to build chemistry with Lamar, running basically a set of either curls or stop and go kind of type routes, maybe some sluggos. Um, that that you, you know he would be able to find him very easily and very regularly. But I haven't noticed that in camp so far. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I haven't actually gone to camp, but you haven't heard a lot of. Um, fanfare from Tylen Wallace. I mean, uh, James Prochet has been all the all the rage here in camp, and there's always a wide receiver that um, blows up in camp, and the Ravens fall in love with him, and you feel like he's the next big thing. Um, and Prochet was been that way the entire offseason. I mean, people have talked about this guy like he's Antonio Brown sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you haven't heard much of Tylen Wallace. I like Tylen Wallace. I thought it was a I thought it was a value pick. It was in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. Um, not super. Uh, tall and, and super athletic, but you know, a high point guy seems to, seems to kind of do the dirty work and does the job. I think they just heard him compared to Steve Smith as a little rich, but um, yeah, that's kind of his mentality. I mean, I for one have tried not to give up on um, Boinkin. It's just hard at this point. You, you feel like if there was any time for him to kind of rise, it was going to be last year, but the, the chemistry between the two of them just looks completely off. Uh, you're talking about a guy that has all the elite skills to be a downfield receiver at six four, and he's got a relative athletic score in the nine nines, and, and the guy just can't seem to get out of his own way sometimes. Um, yeah. and there's just no trust between the two of them. Yeah, interesting certainly in terms of the players and their and their opposite value of the RAS versus uh, uh, you know what you see on tape. Orlando Brown, you know they 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 got a tape guy and and he ended up great. And, and Boykin, they got a RAS guy, and he didn't end up so good. So uh, uh, we'll see how that goes. Ferguson, I think they like more as a tape guy. Uh, than a oh, tape yeah. I, I get really into the RAS. I mean, I feel like it's when you start breaking it down, you really see, like, uh, some of those value picks. I think Justin Houston was a big RAS guy, and he had some off-field stuff coming out of, coming out of college, too. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, at that point in the draft, you're talking Orlando Brown's too tough to pass up. I mean, who cares at that point? Yeah, um, he's a great value pick, that's for sure. And uh, uh, okay, so Wallace was one of the potential deep threats. Boykin, I I would love to see Miles Boykin come back. I actually think he's going to make this team because they have so many injuries at wide receiver. I think they need to to dress five for the first few weeks of the season. I think they're going to need Boykin if play, players like Bateman and maybe even Watkins are still out. And as the na- injuries naturally you know accrue, I think that they're going to want a guy like Boykin around. So. The, the hardest point to slip in is to get him on the roster initially. Once he's there, he can go to IR. So it's a, the hardest part is trying to figure out who can you cut temporarily to get Boykin on and, and, and then bring him back. Yeah. When you look at the roster construction, it, it, it seems hard to me that you don't go up to Pernell McPhee or, mm-hmm. or one of the veterans. Uh, I mean, Levine, I'm not sure Levine makes the team anyway um, with all the kind of safety depth that it seems like they have. Uh, they had a wink, wink deal with, well, it was an LJ Fort maybe last year, two years ago. Might have been, it's, yeah. Occasionally they've had it over the course of the, um, you know, the past where they've gone to someone and just to slip someone else on the team. 
Right. Well, Fort's another missing guy right now, meaning, uh-huh. meaning he's a guy they could do it with. But they still have at least Tomlinson, who might not make the team. Schofield, who might not make the team. Ellis would be an excellent choice. Um, Levine, McPhee. Uh, they have guys. So, so it's, it's, they, they have enough to easily, I think, get three additional guys onto the receipt, onto the roster if they want to. The I question mean, is then, who do you keep on the 53? Yeah, I thought Schofield was almost a near lock. I mean, you guys were singing his praises the other day uh, from the Panthers game. He's he's still kind of the tenth lineman, and yeah. uh, but he's since okay. Here's the thing: he's on a veteran contract, so he doesn't have to pass through waivers. So if he if the Ravens cut him, they could just go to Michael Schofield the day before and say, "Hey, you want to make fifty thousand dollars? We'll cut you today. We'll resign right. tomorrow." So, I mean, that one may make a lot of sense because their their tackle situation is 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 worrisome. Yes, to say the least. So you, you obviously watched Schofield on the in the last game. Did you like him more than than uh, in the first? I felt a little more comfortable after last game. I mean, to be honest, like with journey or journeyman like that. I mean, I was always a big Greg Sanat guy. I mean, I always yeah. feel like Sanat had the ability to be that swing tackle um, with left tackle feet. I mean, I feel like that's the problem with the Ravens is they really fall in love with arm length and. And, you know, you get a guy like Tyree Phillips, he's a big guy. He just doesn't move well enough to play on the outside, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I don't think anybody ever thought he was going to be a left tackle or even a right tackle no, for the I don't think so either. They, they wanted him to play guard. And I, I actually I thought he was originally really drafted to play right guard because those long arms help you even more on that side to control the pivot and, and be the be the front gate opener, so to speak, on, on pulls. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not even necessarily believing that they truly need someone to come out and play left tackle. I feel like the. I feel like the idea has always been that Stanley's going to. If Stanley goes down, then Villanueva pops over to left hand side, and you need a right tackle. Exactly the same thing they did with Orlando Brown. It's just the question of, you know, Orlando Brown was really good at right tackle, and now you have someone that's learning right tackle with the idea that he'd be a great backup left tackle. Yeah, and, and I think I think that is the way it might work out if they did it. If they had Schofield on the roster, they do have another guy with left tackle feet, and that's what mm-hmm. I really was just so impressed upon was he had the ability to mirror in this last game. We're going to be looking very closely for this this game, and to uh, uh, not only to mirror but also to hand off an assignment very efficiently, which is something you know if you have a left tackle this week or if you have a left guard this week, and that's those are the two positions for the Ravens people might be looking at. They're going to bomb that left A gap, left B gap, left C gap, but primarily the left B gap would be your big problem. And if you don't have players who can adjust quickly and get their players, get their assignments handed off to each other, then you'll just face more and more of that. So I, I thought I really liked both of those elements from Schofield. He's, he's not a dominant run blocker by any stretch, but, but I liked what I saw as a pass blocker from him in, in this last game. And I think that's what they really need on the left side. Yeah, going back to Boinkin, I feel like if he can get back on the field soonish, I mean his his saving grace could be his run blocking ability. Yeah, uh, I mean you you like the idea that he has all the skills to be the downfield receiver, that big contested catch guy. hasn't shown it, but he has all those you know skills and traits. Uh, but he's a plus blocker. I mean, this, the idea of moving into tight end is is pretty silly, in my opinion, especially with how much they use their tight ends in line. Um, but he, he is a plus blocker downfield and with how often the Ravens get, um, you know, outside the pocket and on the edges in terms of running with Lamar. I mean, it's always, you're talking extra, extra yards at that point. You, you know, that's really a, it's really a great point you make about moving Boykin to tight end, because it, when you consider that, what you're really doing is you're saying he looks more like a tight end in the way that he blocks, but, but by moving him, you're really minimizing the value elements that are really special about him. 
And so it, it just it doesn't make sense to me. And, and, and he would be less of a good blocker at tight end. He would also probably, you know, have less of the physicality necessary to play tight end and be in the middle of the field that you would like to have. So, you know, maybe it would work out, maybe put on more weight, maybe, maybe. But right now, I don't know why you'd, you'd give up on that. And the other thing I'd, I'd say is that if the problem is Lamar, in terms of him not being able to get a connection with anybody on the left side of the field, any X receiver that he's had, then maybe it's th- that's the real problem. And just you know, switching out Bo- um, uh, Boykin for anybody else isn't going to provide you that much extra value for as a receiver because mm-hmm. that trust link and the and the you know the normal progression of reads for Lamar is not going to not going to go to the left side of the way. And you'd be better off anyway than just keeping his run blocking on the field. Even for that. Yeah. True. I mean, I, I think I completely agree. I mean, Lamar is not in, entirely without fault here. Right. I mean, yeah. he, he, we, we, we like to say, I mean, he's obviously an incredible quarterback. But, you know, we'll say, you know, top two in Ravens history for whoever wants to discuss Super Bowls versus everything else. But, um, you know, he, he has his own faults and, and you know, he, he does need to play better. I mean, I think in 2019, he had a 40 percent, you know, downfield accuracy rate or a completion rate. And that dropped to about 35, 36% the next year. And it's not a huge amount, but you're talking, you know, two plays throughout the course of the year. And, and I've been yearning for those old days of Joe Flacco, where you throw a fly ball up there and we get a pass interference. I feel like we oh, haven't yeah. had a pass interference in forever. And we must've got 200 some yards in some of those years on just pass interference calls. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in one year, Torrey Smith had the three longest pass interference calls in the entire NFL. It was 50, 50 and 60 yards, 60 yards on a pass interference. call. <laughs> so anyway, I, I love those two, but there is a reason they don't get those anymore. And, and the reason is they were completely boot driven. And uh-huh. so Flacco would do the same old tired zone block, left naked boot, right. He'd boot to the right. And because he's not a mobile quarterback and because the Ravens ran play action all the time, always off that same scheme, the the edge defender on that side wasn't all keyed in on him. So he often would create an ample time and space opportunity outside the pocket on the right, and he'd be able to work always from that furthest read to the closest read. Whereas Huntley and Jackson, when they do the boots, and we're seeing it from Huntley this preseason, um, the edge defender's right on it. It's the first thing yeah. you're looking for. So, yeah. So it just it's it's a it's a weird thing that with Lamar you're actually you're going to be less effective running the boot. But what that means to me is they need to take some chances throwing up the long ball in other places on the field uh, that that uh, that they have that uh, that option with. But they're they're designing a long pass without designing you know multiple verticals to get there is is a difficult thing for the Ravens with, with how they're constructed currently in Lamar. Yeah, no, that's a good point about boots. I mean, you, you see it in the preseason and, and that's what's concerning to me is, is the, the idea of the, the deep passing game is a little bit non-existent right now. And you, mm-hmm. you see him run boot and you see, um, you know, quarterback have to get rid of it right away because there's someone yep. right in his face. Yep. Um, Every edge defender has it figured. <laughs> you you kind of hope at that point that you're able to get some cutback lanes for the, for the running back and get some easy yards. Um, but we've had, we've had our own lines and our own issues on the O-line right now, which look like they're finally coming to an end. I mean, you kind of hope it seems like everyone's getting a little bit healthy. It seems like practice have toned down a little bit, um, yeah, at least from, from all indication on Twitter. Um, they seem to get control of the healthy offensive line, and now the receiver's kind of next in line here trying to make sure you get in order. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely true that the, the finally yesterday everybody was back on the offensive line. Everybody who's going to make the team anyway, and and uh, uh, that was nice to see. 
but uh, but yeah, I, I I guess the last question I'd have for you is: Are you at all projecting from what we've seen in a preseason where I don't think we're seeing the whole playbook? And so I'm kind of kind of leading the witness here um, that that we may be in a position where the Ravens don't really want to do a lot of deep passing based on the place they've run in the preseason. Uh, you mean kind of holding it back for the preseason sake? I mean, it's really tough to say. I mean, Lamar hasn't even gotten the field really. So yep. um, you, you kind of, and the offensive line has kind of been such a mess that you, you, maybe you tone it down just for the sake of trying to keep people upright a little bit. I mean, you did see that in, in, in 2019 where they kind of hit everything back and everyone was saying that there was going to be this, um, you know, completely new offense. And everyone was like, okay, well, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll believe that when we see it. And then we went ahead and saw it and, you know, Lamar Jackson, that MVP year. So I think that is, I, uh, you know, I hope that is coming. It's, it's kind of uh, tough to say at this point, I do think that Rashad Bateman getting back would be huge for Lamar Jackson. I feel like mm-hmm. I think Lamar Jackson has the, the longest time to throw just based on his scrambling ability. Yeah. And you know, Rashad Bateman uh, does such a good job of working back to the quarterback in college that I think he was going to be a, a big part of what they do. And, and Sammy Watkins from all indications had a, had a really good camp until he hit this. I don't know if it's an ankle or a foot or whatever it is. Um, disclosed. Yeah. yeah and undisclosed. I mean, you kind of, ho- you kind of hope that he's just kind of hanging out somewhere and uh, just making sure he stays healthy. But you know, I think that they, I think that they are holding back. I mean, to be honest, that the Ravens fans are going to have Roman's head if, if we come up to the end of this and everyone's blaming, you know, Greg Roman for, for shutting down in the playoffs, essentially. I mean, the, yeah. the, the entire, the entire world was just talking about how easy it was for everyone to defend the Ravens. I mean, even yeah, I've never seen players leave and openly kind of, um, chastise the Ravens for play calling. And, and, you know, uh, I think a Des Bryant was leaving and talking about how they, you know, they're not doing any of the back shoulder flow throws. They're not doing this. They're not doing that. Now, honestly, I, I give less than a rat's ass about what Des Bryant <laughs> has to say about the offense. And most, I mean, it, disgruntled former employee. That's exactly the definition. Des Bryant's pictures on that, uh, on that thing. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think it gets any more disgruntled than, than Bernard Pollard. I think that he might be the most disgruntled. He's probably the biggest Lamar hater. I think, uh, I think around he's uh, fully blocked by most of the flock. It seems like (laughs) it's just, uh, there's there's two players who, why would anybody care? Why would anybody care? I don't care what AJ green has to say about it. I don't care what a lot of receivers have to say because receivers want the football and I get it. They think this is a passing league. Well, the Ravens are trying to prove that it's not. In the last two years, they have been astoundingly ahead of the rest of the entire NFL in terms of yards per drive. Oh, sorry, points per drive. The most important statistic of all. Yes. And, and so I, I, I don't see how you can say the Ravens have an ineffective offense or they're doing it wrong or whatever. I mean, the truth of the matter is groups like PFF, which I really respect, by the way, is, is just not accounting for the value that Lamar brings the offense because – I can't see who else it is if it's not him that's that's creating all this confusion. You can you maybe give some of the credit to Roman, but I think it's basically it's it's Lamar as the as the guy you have to account for first is what really drives the offense. I 100% agree about the thought about points per drive. I mean, we hear so many people talk about yards might be the most meaningless statistic. <laughs> I feel like when someone says, oh, he's only thrown for 200 yards, we're talking about a completely efficient offense. If you only have 
three drives in the entire game and you get three touchdowns, I mean, the other team doesn't have five drives. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you're, you, this is the most important thing. So uh, when they're leading in points per drive, that should be a good year. And for as much as their defense has been you know, great at taking the ball away and, and playing the pass, I mean, I'm really hoping for the best for Adafi Elway. Um, and the pass rush, uh, the four-man pass rush would have been another one of my concerns. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> by all indications, I mean, the team is really well built. Um, there's no reason to, I, I can't believe people are subscribing this idea that you're going to figure out Lamar. Like it's just one and done. Like, and I think whoever it was on, like on ESPN was like, yeah, it's like, I mean, the guy's just more athletic than almost everyone on the field. And like, you just, you can prepare for it, but you didn't figure him out. I mean, maybe you get a little bit better um, at stopping the run game, but you know, you got to apply people to it. You've got to put people in the box. You've got to account for him on every single play. And it's just, you just don't figure him out like waking up in the morning. This is, this is a great conversation is exactly what I want on these concern series, but we, we did a, a, a topic that was nominally the deep passing game. And we talked about Lamar and Adafi Owe and the four man pass rush, but it's, that's the truth of the matter about this team is it's a very complete team. Mm-hmm. And we're now in a kind of a nitpicky mode of trying to be the worried sports fans that we naturally are about what could go wrong with our team that should be very good this year. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, we could complain about anything. I mean, the, we're not talking about the Orioles right now. We're talking about the Ravens and uh, they've, they've got their own issues, but they're few and far between. I mean, anyone that says that this team is not competing for a Super Bowl, I think is silly. I think it's absolutely silly to write them off, um, but they do have to get over the hump and they got to play a little bit better at the end of the year. Um, and, you know, and I, I you know, like to think that we're going to see that. Well, outstanding to have you on, Nick. Just just a complete pleasure to talk football with you. You're welcome anytime again. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I'll say out there, other people, if you've got an idea and you want to do a film study short, just contact me by DM on Twitter. We'll talk about it. These get turned around very quickly on air. Probably been, what, four days since we first contacted each other? Yeah, not terribly long at all. Yeah. So great to have you on, Nick. Uh, and uh, again, if don't wait for me to contact you. Please contact me directly by DM if you have another idea, because this is a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, Ken. Thanks a lot. Anytime. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. 
Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to trylifemd.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.